gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now, we are grabbing into a caravan to go drive down to Washington, D.C. We've decided to be all hands on decks to protect the new president-elect versus the vicious, unwashed whores of Caucasity. We're here to protect the republic. <laughs> We've decided to go, that's right, black militia. And as we all know, there's been a long history of thriving black militias in the United States <laughs> who've lived, all lived to be, live very long lives. Bro, I just want James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman to recite vicious masses hordes of Caucasity. <laughs> that's the only thing I want right now. That's, that's the you only thing that's going to give me comfort. <laughs> That'll be Savage Mode, you know, to, the, the third, the third mixtape, basically. <laughs> but what's oh, good man. evening, everybody? We're back. It's a special episode of Registone, where we quite early count down our top ten lists. You see, most people are out there doing the top tens before the year is done. As true black men, we are here fashionably late to give you our finalized list of what was hot last year. Bonafide CP time, like mm-hmm. pure <laughs> the CP, most CP time. <laughs> <CP> time. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the record, there's a, a young lady that me and Zone, me and Zone, me and me and Stone were zoning about before. Uh, Miss Jasmine Sullivan has a new record. Yes, it is called Hotels. When did people start? Like spelling ho, like H E A U X. Like I love it happen? though. It's 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 very very picky's up. <laughs> no, it's very great. It's though. awesome. <laughs> yeah, hi, hi. Let me get some champagne in the club. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but no, um, so it's called Hotels. It dropped like last week. Um, you know, Jackson Sullivan's been out in this this game for over a decade now. Um, she had that one track like broke the windows in your car um, way back in the day um, but you know like R&B is, is a weird fickle animal I feel especially if you have like quote, quote unquote traditional R&B so you know she's kind of been dropping albums and kind of like being uh, you know in the in the room basically but I think this is her probably best effort ever um, and it's it's kind of a concept album you know it's kind of like I'm a woman who <laughs> I hypnotized by the good D apparently. <laughs> um, and, but it was also it's, it, like, it, it's more than that though. It's, it's very much like, you know, um, she has these songs kind of talking about like just the fact of being sexually, like a sexually independent woman. Um, and it's also interspliced with, within like with kind of telling these stories from like different women um kind of like you know just stories about love and loss and sex and and things like that and i thought it was like really interesting it's kind of what solange was doing on a seat at the table but i would say this is way more accessible um it's way more kind of just like grounded a bit um not as artsy but still like groundbreaking for i think for like what quote-unquote traditional r&b kind of usually serves up to the table um so I, I was really impressed by this album. I thought it was like really, really a great effort. Um, and it felt like so 
authentic and natural and grounded. Um, you know, Jasmine Sullivan's always kind of been a great like singer and songwriter, but I think like it's it's very risky sometimes to like make a concept album um, because it's a concept. It's not always going to like actually um, succeed, but I feel like she kind of swung for the fences in this one and she like pulled it off. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love it. I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting to kind of see where, and like you said, it's, it's a concept album, but it's very modern in womanhood, modern in sexuality. It, the, the vignettes in between, in between all the songs kind of bring it all together. Whereas it's like, is this kind of like, what I love about it is the idea of, and, and it could also be just kind of the way the world is, where it's really kind of hard to kind of get these like black women stories, even though black women are kind of everywhere. It's really hard to kind of find them in a vulnerable state where they're kind of telling these serious things about their lives and their, you know, times they've been cheated and cheated on, you know what I'm saying? Where yeah. it's not just like these like simple, you know, 2D visions of what a black woman is. It's like 3D fully fleshed out. What I liked about this record is the fact of where it reminded me a lot of also, and and it's always been there about you know R and B songs about relationships. But what's been, been kind of fascinating is you've got somebody like let's say Ari Lennox, a sister before her, where it's just like they're kind of giving these flawed tales of what being a woman is and going through all the situations and all the and all the trials. What I find fascinating is, and like we kind of, like kind of mentioned, is like she's a great songwriter. We kind of forget that. So what's cool is that there's a weird, I'll say, wisdom here. Where a lot of the times where a lot of the younger artists are kind of, and it, you know, they, they would kind of, it's, it's very much in the moment where they're dealing with their feelings now. But what's kind of cool about this is kind of listening to, and, and bringing it back to in a weird way like Solange, kind of like where in Master P was kind of guiding the story saying, hey, I was this black entrepreneur doing all this stuff and kind of giving tales of how he kind of came through. It felt like that was happening here of these older black women kind of looking back of times where, you know, they were, you know, they lost their self-esteem in, in sex. Whereas it's like, hey, you know, even though I was cheated on in the past, I suddenly found myself to be the cheater. And now I'm just like wondering how do I kind of, you know, dealing with the fact of where I let the good one go. And it was just kind of like, you know, it's cool to kind of see like these tales tackled for maturity where I feel like it's kind of, it's been popping for a minute again. But like I said, it's, 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 it was kind of interesting to see somebody kind of tackle it, not from like, you know, like you said, break your windows in your car, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, Hey, I broke the windows and I still ain't getting back. Or I, I broke the windows and I realized, Oh shit, he was a fuck boy. And now I'm trying to build my credit up. There's a certain <laughs> kind of growth there, which I liked. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and, I, and I feel for me too, it's just like, this this is very much like it's women and this is a new concept for the world women being empowered and telling their own stories and having their own agency around sex and pleasure yeah um and admitting mistakes right and admitting defeat and admitting like things that they might have done <laughs> you know or make your um you know in that pursuit of love and sex and pleasure and i feel like that's really something that's i don't know you know like you do it's a rarity i feel for for people to just kind of be open and honest um i think sometimes you just you do have that kind of level of like break the windows out your car but like this i think this album kind of gave us a kind of a little bit of a deeper level it's like i kind of broke the windows because i was in the moment and this person there's like this this one person was just talking about like how sex was their kind of like um they felt like sex was their their agency it's the one thing they felt like they knew that they had power over 
Um, and I was like really deep, you know, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like, like, like when you have some people kind of just airing out like that and saying like, you know, she's like, you know, person saying like, I have low self-esteem, but sex is the one thing I know that like empowers me. So that's why I go out and pursue sex. Right. Like those are like just really interesting kind of, um, I think like just we don't get that music <laughs> yeah no <laughs> a it's, lot it's, of times yeah it's 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 a meal it's it's something and i, I, I keep kind of saying concept album concept album concept album but it's just like it's it's a really loving care piece of work like you kind of yeah. see and i think they were saying i read an interview where she was like working on it for two years off and on and when she kind of cobbled on a pretty much solo and then when she kind of cobbled it together to bring it over to like you know the record label and her collaborators, it was basically much just kind of like fine tuning shit and you know you know probably adding instrumentation here and there, taking it away. But you know it's it's just a really well crafted like journey, just to kind of like you know that, what what it means to be a black woman. And, and like I said, it's it's been done in very stereotypical ways, very different ways. But like you said, it's, it gives you a, a meal to chew on. It's like they drop jewels here where even as somebody who's like a black male, I'm like, oh shit, you know, it's it's very it's a very human album, if that makes any word sense. Whereas it's not it's not a, it's not messy, it's not, you know, righteous, it's not just like some ratchet shit. It's 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 very human and make sure that you kinda of understand that, you know, at the end of the day, these are people who kind of live lives and are going through things or, you know, getting over things or or succumbing through things. You know what I'm saying? It's it's something where, you know, in a space of where everything is very artifice, very things at very surface surface level, it's a very deep album. And you know, like I said, it's it's if it's it's probably one of the best albums. Not to say like that, but <clears throat> like you know, to, if this if twenty twenty one is starting off like this musically, we're in for a good year. Long story short. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, it is definitely setting twenty 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 one off on a good note. And I definitely kind of feel that uh, you know, look, like we're about to talk about twenty twenty. Um, and that was a really good music year, and I feel like maybe this is now the standard. I, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> music is just gonna come out and be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely was. I mean, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I'm just, I, I was excited to kind of hear that album and hear like people text me about it. I love it when like people text me about albums like, "Yo, do you hear this?" <laughs> you know, because like I feel like we're so disconnected from music sometimes that. I'm glad there's a groundswell of just like energy around this album. So uh, check it out. Hotels. Hotels. Shouts. But uh, now that we're out, out with the new, let's get a little in, bit into the old seasons. You know, things that, are, that we've had to sit with and, and meditate on that have stayed with us during the trials and tribulations of Apocalypse 2020. <laughs> uh <laughs> I think uh, I guess we'll just start off with I'll start off, I'll, I guess I'll start off with my choice and I guess we'll probably do a compare and contrast but uh, I think you both have this artist on our list the the thing that black people can't eat salt <laughs> shout to my high uh, blood pressure brother out there <laughs> that that's the podcast y'all good night um Yo, um, I, you know, I, I feel like a broken record talking about this band, so I don't know how much more I want to say, but again, Salt, Untitled, Black Is, or as Reggie says, uh, Black People, <laughs> Black People Are Angry. <laughs> um, 
you know, there's so many are. Um, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll shut up. There's so many. There's so much opportunity around the you know Brian Taylor and George Floyd protests uh, to create like really creative and groundbreaking music. And I'm going to say most people kind of failed. Um, you know, we had like Anderson Pock Lockdown, which is basically an Anderson Pock record. We had whoever Common was doing uh, to be, try to be the voice of Black America. <laughs> um, this album pretty much encapsulated the moment of of those protests because they came out like maybe a week after um, some of the more lar- larger scale pro- protests. Um, and it's quality, and you could tell, you know, like like I said, like like they record these things, these albums in like a week or less, um, and you could never tell. But um, it's a really quality album, and it just captured the zeitgeist uh, perfectly. Yeah, no, it's it's something where, like I said, it it, it would have been very easy to come out co- kind of corny, you know. Shouts to my man Common, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm young Asada Shakur, young Harry Balafonte. Life in America is a three-card Monte, you know, type type bars. Uh, but yeah, perfect, yeah, it's perfect, actually. It's, it's, yeah. And it was great production, too. So disappointing. So disappointing. But uh, no, it's the idea of where, you know, it came out. You know, they already had a couple of dope records last year. Came out with this record. Very on point. Very thematically what's happening. And it's dope. The, the jams are dope. You, you don't, it doesn't feel hokey. It feels like a collection of dope. R&B, black music songs, a little bit clubby, a little bit Afrobeat-y, but on top of that, it's saying something. So, I mean, like, all props to them. Like I said, it's, they're just turning these things out, like, minute by minute, and they're all quality albums for the most part, you know? Some are, like, more than others, but overall, like, they've, they've like, they're on a, like, tear where I haven't seen some shit like that probably since, I mean, I mean, it sounds weird kind of say it now. Maybe Weekend and his three mixtapes back in the days? Mm. Yeah. yeah, like where yeah. you've got this band where it's like they're kind of making these these really you know in, in the you know not really in an experimental but more in a crossover space making these solid tracks that are you know these solid albums on their own pushing them out you know like I, I hear salt outside sometimes like I'll walk through you know the random times I'll, I'll be able to walk into a store I've heard it in the background so it's not like it's not getting any kind of love so props to them you know like you know like I said it's probably one of my favorite discoveries in the last couple of years as far as new band is concerned yeah definitely yeah. and that's all you fam you you turn me on to them so uh bless yeah bless bless, bless fam <laughs> uh all right how, how are we going to do this are we uh we're going to just talk about the ones we have in common or are we going to uh i, I figure you go you, you name your next one and then i'll just adjust the list as it goes and then we'll just whatever whatever stragglers you have in the end we'll discuss it i guess in our own yeah, yeah. um so this is, this is another one that um we've talked about a bunch of times on this, on this podcast, Moses Sumney, uh, Gray, uh, which is again, like Moses Sumney put out, um, uh, like an amazing, uh, debut album. And usually for a lot of artists, especially artists that puts out something so amazing, amazing. Um, the follow-up album is a tough, a tough, tough thing to either do, uh, or just release to the world. Right. Um, and I feel like Moses Sumney kind of took his playbook from the from the previous album and just leaned into it way more, um, a lot more melodic. Um, you know, there's a lot more kind of uh, experimentation, but he still kind of stayed in. I want to say stayed in his lane because that sounds negative, but like I just kind of feel like he just he knows what what 
his sound is, and he kept doubling down on it in this album. Um, and it was basically a double album, you know, and, and it didn't feel like it, you know, it like he's he does so much with his voice and with the instrumentation um, and just with with all of the production um, that it's just, you know, it's it's like being serenaded for like an hour and a half. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's just it's quality. Like, it's really, truly amazing. Um, and you kind of tell like he he put the love in, he put his foot into it and um, can't be mad. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think more so than any other album, this is the album that makes you miss live music because it's it's so, like, I would, these are tickets I would have copped real money for, you know what I'm saying? To kind of catch him just, just in an intimate settings to kind of play it. It's, it's just a gorgeous, lush album. And, like, he executed at a very high level here. It's on some shit where you kind of you kind of have to break out the Bose, you know, the Bose Comfort headphones, you know, that noise canceling, put that bitch up. You know, exactly. You know, what I'm saying, get, get, and then, and it's kind of immerse yourself into it. Like it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's surprising to hear somebody level up where they kind of take the core of where they're doing it. But you could just tell they're like, all right, I've got, I've got this opportunity, I've got this money, I've got a little bit. They trust me a little bit more. Let's put some money into it. And like I said, it's just, it's a gorgeous album. And like I said, it's, it's probably not necessary to, <laughs> considering how gorgeous it sounds, probably not necessarily the soundtrack of 2020, <laughs> but definitely. <laughs> Will be the soundtrack of as we get out of the bad vibes of 2020. So yeah, like like I said, it's it's cool seeing like you know, it's just cool seeing black people work music at a level where it's just kind of just groundbreaking, genre breaking, and also gets recognized. Like I said, usually that kind of happens in the corner where you know it kind of gets you know put into the you know hip hop or the R and B category. Where even with this album, I feel like people. It was hard to kind of put this next to, let's say, like a Jasmine Sullivan or so, like how you do traditionally. So it is a great, like, just a great piece of musical work. So props to him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I'll grab this one. So for me, another album which I love, both on me and Stone's list, Kia, Forever Your Girl. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, what can I say? I mean... Only reason why I listened to this record was shot to I think it was Gang. Some somebody somebody was chatting about it on Twitter, and then somebody like mastered it. You know, like like the music, 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 music. Twitter was kind of buzzing about it, saying, "Hey, you know, this record's coming out. I worked on it." Blah blah blah. No, it's like, all right. I'll give this a listen. Didn't know who she was, and I was just completely blown away. Uh, basically, young musician, classically trained saxophonist, I believe, would do tracks with like Chance the Rapper. Chicago base basically left there, came to New York, and basically was on some like, you know, I'm gonna do my own shit. And it's just self produced, sings on all the songs. It's just a really great album. And, and oddly enough, it's weird because I hate this. I've been, I feel like we've been saying experimental for a minute, but it's kind of fascinating to kind of see somebody who obviously has been paying attention to a lot of what's been happening in the beat scene. Like almost like let's say uh, like low end theory in LA, you know, a lot of the production now, like we have people like Earl Sweatshirt and and a collaborator Mike, but kind of taking that shit and also kind of fusing it with what you would hear from like let's say a D'Angelo record, like Neo Soul, and kind of putting these two things together, and it's kind of coming out with this fucking great record. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's something where I played continuously. It actually got me through basically what was the the beginning of this whole apocalypse. So I'll just play the record over and over again. And I don't know, it's, it's, this is another record where I would like to see live, less so about fucking, 
you know, the instrumentation lends to it. But because it's such a great organic vibey album, I would love to hear like like let's say if she could play with like like a Glasper or some shit. Like like these beats are made to be fucked with with a whole block of black musicians in the room somewhere. And that's you know like it's just a great little record. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, I I always stand for female producers, and you know like she produced the album. I think most all of the album herself, um, and. I know it's it, you know I don't want to say this was experimental. I guess it is experimental, but I don't know. It just felt polished and grounded and um, melodic and just like really kind of um, I don't know, just like different but but similar at the same time, um, which is really interesting. Um, somebody described it. I think Pitchfork was like it's kind of like a female equivalent to like. El, Earl Sweatshirt album, you know, <laughs> but but that's the thing, <laughs> and and, and, that, and that's not a diss, right? Yeah. It's just like you know when you kind of think about like the approach and kind of like what what you know um, what both artists are trying to do, um, but yeah, I, I I I'm not opposed to that, <laughs> um, but uh, but no, it's just you know you you always you've always had these kind of quote unquote experimental albums. And they've mainly been for males, and it's mainly been either hip hop or you know, or like male R and B or whatever. Um, and it's just really refreshing to kind of have this album kind of enter that space. Um, but also like really interesting, like songwriting. Um, you know, just like really kind of like it's the songwriting I thought was like really like po- poetic. It's almost like spoken word. I would I would say sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a really interesting album. And I'm, it's kind of one of those things where I, I saw some this album kind of pop up on a few lists, um, end of year lists, but it kind of I feel like it needs to be on a few a few more. So yeah, no, it's it's gonna be interesting too because she's got so much like vibe around her now because this is independently released. So I could only imagine like you know she's getting drafted by like Beyonce or Solange on some like you know I'm, I'm I'm I don't care if it's COVID or not I'm flying you out and putting you in a vault and all you're doing is writing songs for me for my next record type shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> just wear a mask. Yeah, know? just wear masks. <laughs> oh man! All right, so who we have up next? Let's see. Um, do we want to talk about Freddie Gibbs? Oh yeah, we could do we could do Gibbs. Oh, you can t- you take yeah, Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take Gibbs. Um, so look, Freddie Freddie Gibbs. We've all, another album we've talked about. Um, all throughout all all last year, Alfredo with Alchemist. Um, we already talked about how like Alchemist is has kind of like you know just created like been on a tear for the past like couple years. Uh, but also too like Freddie Gibbs has found um, what I consider his lane. Um, working with both Alchemist and Madlib um, in the past like couple years to kind of create these like really interesting um, street anthems, um, you know, coke anthems basically <laughs> uh, over these like kind of you know um, I wouldn't say traditional but but like, boom bap hip hop beats, soul sampling hip hop beats, very smooth hip hop beats, um, and it works and it's just something that. I don't know. It's just like it's something that's just really. Uh, I've just been really impressed with Freddie Gibbs over the past like like few years uh, as somebody who didn't really like care for him. 
uh, save one with his first few, few projects. I think like he's really kind of found this lane uh, working with, with these producers. And Alfredo, I wouldn't say Alfredo is better than Bandana, uh, but it's still in the continuation of that vein. And, you know, again, like I'm, I'm an old man. So like I, I am here for the boom bap um, and I'm here for when it's done, um, you know, perfectly. And I feel like this album was perfectly uh, executed. Yeah, no, I agree. The thing is, with 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 Alfredo, it's kind of cool to kind of see like the Grammys, and they're still fucking up. Don't get me wrong, and this is probably luck. Recognize the culture. This isn't a huge record. It's not a record like Kendrick Lamar, where it's like, oh, you know, this it's uh, all these gargantuan singles. We have to give this props. We have to do something about it. This is a relatively popular hip hop record that you know that didn't really cross over. It's really much for the heads, and it's kind of cool to kind of get it recognized. And while you know, ultimately. We like we just like kind of made mention. Bandana was probably a stronger record in my opinion. This is still a very dope record. It's a very dope record that deserves to be nominated for something. If you're gonna judge things on musical viability, and it's cool that they got nominated. Like it's it's something where I am not mad at the glow up because you've got these artists. You've got Alchemist, who's been making fucking just genre defining hip hop beats since the fucking nineties. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs, who's been through fucking hell and back as far as the MC, still extremely talented. Probably as far as bars are concerned, one of the top ten out there right now. Like as far as pure rapping ability, as far as I could throw any beat at him and he'll kind of kill it. Like as far as flow is concerned, as far as lyricals, he's up there. So it's just like it, it's something where it's cool to kind of see for once mainstream music kind of point towards the record and say, hey, this is a good record and be right about the quality of it. So, you know, props to those dudes. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So what we got? So just by the way, y'all, this is not in like any order. No, you know, like, you know, so don't be mad. (laughs) 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 We're like, yo, Moses, something number one. Why are you having (laughs) at the the beginning of your show? (laughs) No, we're we're just literally going through a list. Yeah. (laughs) Like like (laughs) half-assed. So uh, just don't be mad. No, don't dox us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it, we're showing love. You know, the, why do we have to, why, see, that's capitalism. Why do we have to put things in order? Why there has to be a best or worst, you know what I'm saying? Is this why why we, we see how we thinking? See, that we weren't thinking like this in Africa. Stay woke. You know what I'm saying? Stay it's, woke. It's out here, we got brainwashed, you know what I'm saying? You got you to watch out for The devils are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, now I finished my, uh, my, my speech. Uh, Eve's tumor, heaven to a tortured mind. Um, Mr. Tumor, basically, I find him fascinating because the same time I was getting into him, I was getting into another uh, electronic producer called Lodic. And they had similar trajectories, both, I believe, in Berlin, both electronic musician artists, basically kind of finding themselves. Basically, Americans had to go overseas to kind of just away from all the bullshit to kind of find their artistry. Um, of Eve's Tumor, somebody who was always a little bit more experimental, even though he had... A, he kind of started out more doing, you know, dance, techno, straightforward dance tracks. Um, his last record, which I can't remember now, but um, the name of it was very cool. Uh, you had songs that sounded straight industrial. You had songs that were basically almost like indie rockish, you could say. What's cool about Heaven to a Tortured Mind is you can kind of see him kind of putting all those influences together. There's nothing really nearly as heavy as some of those tracks on that last record. But he's somebody who is just like, hey, you know, I know how to play guitar. You know, I've got a little bit because I was reading an article basically how he grew up in like black church and knew and learned that stuff. 
Learn mm. that stuff. Learn that black church stuff. You know, basically somebody where he's used to like gospel R&B like instrumentation. And it's cool seeing him tackle this in this record where it just reminded me of like a, a just a dope rock track. And bringing it back, I kind of find it fascinating the way kind of genre works because if there's anything fair in the world, this is a rock album. Like, like, we, oh yeah. It doesn't really hit you that way because it's like, oh, it's marketed this way. It's like Triumph producer. It's a black guy. This and that. We would never do that. But this rocks as much as like fucking Mitski or even more. Like, it's 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 cool to kind of see somebody like, yo, this is my fucking music. This the '70s funk rock shit. This Parliament shit. You know, I'm gonna fucking reclaim it, and he fucking reclaimed it hard. It's something where, like, it's just got rocks to our swagger, like the duets. Like it's like him and that, and I, I can't remember the female, the woman's voice. I mean, the, the woman, uh, female artist, uh, Diana Gloria. Di- Gordon. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. like they have they have great vocal metal melodies, and it's just like shit. It's just like mm-hmm. it's just kind of cool to kind of see somebody just like I'm, I'm gonna be a rock star. Fuck it, and then fucking nail the landing. So props to him. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and, and I, I would definitely say you know this is uh, so yeast tumor. I don't like comparing artists, but it just makes it easy. It's an easy shorthand. Uh, I think some of his earlier work was very kind of industrial. Uh, reminds me of like little like Nine Jails, Marilyn Manson, like that kind of '90s era industrial like like um, metal guitar music, things like that. This is like David Bowie. Yeah, like very like Bowie. dead ass. Day David Bowie, like and and that's a good thing. Like it, it's just so. It rocks hard, but like you're saying, it's melodic. It, you know, kerosene, I think it's like a really great melody. He has some stuff there. It's like really kind of poppy. Like in the in the right venue, you can kind of hear it, not on the radio, but like, you know, like, I don't know, like out at H&M or something like something and people like nodding their heads, right? Like it, it's, it's a really like well-executed album and it's a really well-executed pivot, I think. Um, to this kind of music but it's also like very black <laughs> you know um, when you think of like the collaborations Diana Gordon, Black, Kelsey Lou, Black like you know it's like it's a very black album as well um, you know but yeah it's just it, it, it's an album I found myself going back to time and time again um, you know just I love everything about this artist um, I really wish I was able to see the them on tour yeah, um, you know, because apparently their stage show is like super crazy. Um, not really like super crazy, but like like they always have like this, you know, some crazy fashion choices they're making. Um, blue hair, pink hair, like things like that, kind of bringing back that whole seventies glam era in terms of like the fashion choices. Um, and yeah, I, I I just I was blown away by this album. Um, I was already a fan. Now, like I'm a, I'm a bigger fan, and I really, really, really hope like I get to see them uh, perform at some point this year or next year. Because I, I do think like like the performance of this album, I think will will like take them to the next level. And um, yeah, I, I want I want to see that happen. Cause I, I I really want to see this album live. This is probably the number one album I want to see live out of, out of everybody. Oh yeah, no, I, I think. Yeah, you you kind of need that electrified guitar and the drums. Like it's something yeah. where it's like it's it, you could kind of you, you kind of got to get a little little smack in the face action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Ooh. I, I might I might even brave COVID. Uh oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'll be wearing nah, hazmat suits by that time, probably. Yeah, I, 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 will, I will wear a hazmat suit to, to, to this concert. <laughs> I will wear a hazmat suit for, to this concert, like dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Who's next? Uh, I think this is you, Stone. Yeah, so this is like the 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 last artist that we have on our list before everything diverges. So uh, this is which is really interesting. Yeah, so the last artist that we all we both agree on, uh, Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Um, so we've also talked about this album um, a lot last year as well. Uh, you know, it's it's basically. The triumphant return of Fiona Apple. Um, so Fiona Apple, I, I would say it's an artist that you either love or hate. I'm not going to say that she's like the most universally. I mean, if you're a music fan, you love her, but she's out there. You know, she's doing some some kind of, I won't say weird stuff, but things are off off kilter. Uh, things are kind of like off key sometimes, and you know, she was able to kind of you know make great music by by kind of always continuously flipping the script and this is a continuation of that you know i I think this is something where again like she knows her sound she's been doing this for shit like 30 20 years or 30 years now um 25 years 25 years gotta give it i think it was late 90s yeah shit yeah yeah title i think was like 97 or something like that so like 25 years she's been doing this so she knows where her sound is she's not trying to you know do anything like super crazy uh she's not trying to ape like say a phoebe bridges or a land ray like she's basically doing feeling apple um and this is a pure feeling apple album after you know a, a few years and a few albums of of maybe that sound not coming together as well i think this is something where the production value was great the lyrics are great the lyrics and songwriting are great and just like the the vibe is great and i feel like she always kind of has had this kind of off-kilter vibe but she was able to again i want to sound like a broken record execute it perfectly so yeah, no, no. To shout, shout to if I remember the quote from uh, Chris Rock, Fiona X. Uh, I actually liked, <laughs> and, and I've been a continuous fan. I think what's kind of interesting here is that it was intentionally stripped down. She was basically saying she recorded in her house. Um, I know the record before this, they were saying how around that time she was. They were discussing how it was a lot of it was they were doing a lot of off kilter instrumentation as far as drums are concerned. Like somebody would be playing forks and knives and things like that. I think what kind of brought this record together is that is, it's, it's, it's Fiona Basics. It's like, you know, like my favorite record on this is Rack of His. A, it's got a great melody, but B, it's about her, you know, telling some magician dude she was dating that he's a piece of shit. So it was like, you've got all the core, <laughs> all the core Fiona-isms are here in this record. And it's kind of laid bare. What I like about it is, like you said, it's, it's at this point in time, she's such an insular artist that she just knows her sound and it's just her been refining it. It's not for everybody, but like if you like if somebody said, yo, well, why do you like Fona Apple? This is probably the record I give it. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, oh fuck, give this a try. Like, you know, and it's kind of cool that somebody so many so like years in the game has been basically A putting out music at a really good quality clip and B still able to find new spaces for that sound while still being herself. And like I said, it's, it's just something where it's nice to kind of see like the old guard kind of, you know, putting out great music and kind of just, you know, still pushing the paradigm along and that's it, you know? Like, what can you say? It's a fucking great record, you know what I'm saying? 
Don't yell yeah. at me. Don't don't at me, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> I want Fiona to at me. I I don't know. I, no, I, I, feel... I I have she. I, I bet you she could throw down. I have a sneaky suspicion yeah. she she like weighs a hundred pounds. This and that. For something in me makes it be like you catch her on the bad time. Two or three drinks in, she's throwing the bottles. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I can see that. Little, can little, see little that. knuck if you buck action, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 can, I can see that. I can see that. I'm just saying, like, she, you know, like, like we all hang out. Like, I don't know. Even then, I'm like, I, I feel. Let's be honest. We, we, we go out to a nice little brunch. Who was the first one about to sit there and throw a bottle at somebody because that table's looking at her funny? I think it's Fiona. True. I think Fiona's the first one to be on something like, yo, I, I, don't like, I don't like the way those hipsters are looking at me. I'm about to go tell them something. And now we're in. Now we're here fighting, I, fighting in brunch. I, I can actually see that though, because you know she don't, she don't like her picture getting taken or anything like that, and like somebody's gonna roll up on her. Yeah, nah, man. Like <laughs> trying to flex for the IG <laughs> <laughs> for the gram <laughs> and get got. <laughs> but that's somebody you need in your crew, though. Like you need somebody like that sometimes. Oh, it's true, though. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and. <laughs> We're gonna let this disrespect, this disrespect stand, son? Huh? We're gonna just go, go out like that? I'm Fiona. You know what? Side note too, because like I, I sometimes I, I run with some some crazy white people, and it's great too because when the cops show up, the, they're the ones to talk to the cops. Yeah, double duty. And it's like, officer, <laughs> I was sitting here relaxing, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Like, 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 you need somebody to start the crazy, but then like talk, talk everybody <laughs> out of the crazy at the same time. <laughs> oh, anyway, fam. Anyway, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess the last three we start to deviate. I, I'll start off my, yep. my my first nominee. You know, for me, another record that was great this year was Mike Weight of the World. Um, it's still as if I'm a big Mike fan. The last couple of records of his has kind of dealt with uh, the loss of his mother, a lot of, I it's it's anti-toxic masculinity. There's a lot of introspection in his work. It's similar to mm-hmm. like, again, again as we say, we hate comparing artists. Similar to Earl, uh, where it's just a lot of self-examination. You could tell that he writes to kind of work through things as opposed to somebody where it's just like, I'm telling you how it is, or I'm giving you advice, youngin. It's very much, you could tell somebody who's kind of working through the feelings he's going through on the pen. Uh, Production-wise, fucking flames. Um, I know he's been taking more of a production role on, under the moniker of DJ Black Power. As a matter of fact, he had another record this year under that name, DJ Black Power, which is also a pretty great, solid mic record. Um, this one edges it out for me. It is kind of cool to kind of hear... I mean, it's going to sound weird to kind of say like this as a negative, but it's cool to kind of hear black men unadorned about their pain on wax, over right. in, and particularly in hip-hop. And I know a lot of times, you know, you'll hear something where, you know, like Mount Erie, a lot of white artists kind of get props for a kind of, you know, as we were both fans, King Cruel, let's just say, of this kind of burying their soul on wax, James Blake. It's kind of cool to kind of hear somebody do that on hip-hop and kind of taking a hip-hop approach to it. So for me, it's been a great record. So yeah, no, huge fan of, of Weight of the World. Props to Mike. Word. Uh, so my artist, uh, and this is actually a, a album that did not end up on anybody's 
of records, like top 10 lists, which I was really surprised. But Leanne La Havas, um, her self-titled album, which dropped this year, I mean, last year, um, I thought it was great. And Leanne La Havas is a singer, songwriter from the UK. Um, kind of her first album, I would say it was a little bit more, more folksy. Um, and then her second album, which was Blood, which dropped in 2015, um, was a little bit more like R&B-ish, um, a little bit more upbeat. Um, and this last this last album uh, is going back kind of to her folksy roots, um, very much just kind of like guitar and and singer, basically. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like it's very much like... Um, I you know I wouldn't say it's just like you know you go on a bad date and you like write about it and then you like pick up the guitar that's kind of what her music is <laughs> and I don't want to simplify it because it's so much more um, she's definitely more of a troubadour kind of in the, that kind of like UK singer songwriter vibe um, definitely a great storyteller definitely a great evoker of emotion um, and I think it's just like a really great kind of album. Um, and it has like a live, just, just really kind of, I don't know, like it's just really kind of, uh, it's a, it's a unique style. It's very much in the jazz kind of, we look at like some of the guitar and drum patterns, it's very jazzy. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm sorry, like I enjoyed it more than Phoebe Bridgers. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I, 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 I think it's kind of, you know, if you enjoy that type of songwriting, I think you would really enjoy Leanne La Havas. Um, you know, and again, like she's kind of going back to her basics, um, uh, going back to that kind of same sound as her first album. Um, and I think the, the last album, I think, you know, I wouldn't say it was off putting, but it was definitely more like upbeat and kind of like poppy. And this one's just kind of her going back to her roots and, you know, it's her and maybe like a drummer and maybe like somebody jumps in, uh, you know, as background vocals. It's very simple. Um, and that's kind of what we needed in 2020. We needed some simplified shit. Yeah. Like we didn't need like this whole like 50 million people on stage. Um, we just need something like like really stripped down. And that's what she delivered. So check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, for me, it's uh, live. Couldn't wait to tell you. Uh, spell L-I-V, period, E. Uh, I believe Houston? I believe she's also? Yeah, the Badu. Um, R&B singer, what, what I found fascinating is, since we've kind of been kind of killing the word, like, concept albums, there's been a lot of concept albums. This is like the anti-concept album. It just sounds like <laughs> a lot of interesting musical ideas put together in this record. If some of it, if you blink, you'll miss it. It's just kind of cool to kind of hear just kind of unabashed creativity. You know what I'm saying? It's like to a certain extent, it's going to sound weird to kind of say it like as if it's a negative, but you know, it's 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 gloriously unpolished polish, if that makes any makes any weird sense. Where mm. it kind of goes in a lot of weird places. It it's not it kind of even though it's obviously R and B, obviously hip hop influence, obviously a lot of neo soul there. It kind of keeps you on your toes. Like the beats are a little different. She like sometimes it takes her a while for her son to come in to come in with her singing parts. It's just a cool experimental little album. It's something where 
Obviously, she's building probably to something bigger and greater, a little bit more mainstream. But it's too cool to kind of hear like a young artist has put a lot of creative shit out there, and like you know, it's it's just a fun little album. It's, it almost feels like a like a DJ set if that makes any word sense, where you just kind of mm-hmm. put it on and just like a lot of these cool musical ideas after the one after the other. So it's just I feel like you know bringing it back how like uh, uh, some other underground female artists kind of got a little more props but I feel like this is kind of a gem and definitely kind of deserved a little more eyeballs let's just say on year end list word yeah. word uh, and then my, my next one is uh, Circles by Mac Miller um, and this is uh, Mac Miller's posthumous album um, released after he, he passed away um, I will say this like I'm not the biggest Mac Miller fan um, and maybe it's because he did pass, um, you know, maybe it's, that's why I like this album a lot more, but this, I feel like this is probably his best album. Um, he, and look, a lot of people, white people got to get to do this. He experimented more of like singing, experimented more of kind of like, he has this kind of like, I want to say a country draw, but it's very kind of just like folk draw that he kind of introduced. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like he just kind of was playing with different lanes and different avenues. He wasn't really trying to make a quote-unquote hip-hop album. Um, John Breon, who produced late registration for Kanye West, like uh, helmed a lot of the album and basically finished the album after he died. Like The album was kind of unfinished, and John Breon kind of like stitched everything together. Um, and I, I, think it's, I think it's great. Like I, I feel like the sounds and the, the, the moods that he was kind of playing around with and the production I thought was like really amazing. Um, and it felt full and complete. Um, and it's one of those things where it really made me sad because I'm like, if this is was the direction that Mark Miller is going, like who knows uh, where it would go? You know, it's just kind of interesting to kind of see that evolution from this dude basically kind of just being some like like punk pothead on the streets of Pittsburgh uh, to making this really kind of interesting introspective um, like album. Um, you know, with with one of the most interesting producers out there, um, and kind of seeing that like from start to finish, I think it's been really interesting. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just something. It's an album I kind of always kind of came back to. So awesome, awesome. Uh, for me, uh, my last song, my last song, my last song of the night. Uh, my last, <laughs> my last record is uh, came out late, I believe, around November. Uh, Soul Glow songs to eat to the sun. Um, basically, you know, I'm somebody where, you know, in addition to hip hop, listen to R&B, listen to electronic music, listen to a lot of punk music. I feel that punk is very, even though obviously it's very Western in its origins, there's a lot of disaffected kids from the suburbs who kind of striking back against, you know, their parents. You can make the argument is how it started. There's also something always subversive about it where even though... You know, a lot, that tends to be the the main focus of punk acts. You also had Bad Brains. You had a lot of queer punk acts. It's something about, like, hey, this is the way the world is, but it's fucked up. And Soul Glow, punk band, Philadelphia, hardcore, they've had a couple of records like this. Uh, I know a couple of years ago there was a high-profile uh, GoFundMe because when they they got arrested, basically, I think it was in Texas off some bullshit because they were basically black. Um, hmm. And it got, you know, and then that record was a good one. But uh, with this record, what's interesting is that it's really an EP. I think it's 12 minutes long. It's as you expect of hardcore punk. Every song is maybe two or three minutes long tops. 
but they fit in a lot of fucking shit in that period of time. It's not the easiest listen. It's definitely kind of, you know, you, you kind of have to get used to your, you know, <laughs> it's not something you can kind of go from, let's say, listening to uh, Eve's Tumor to this, as far as rock music is concerned. But there's a lot of really cool ideas here, music that are happening, they kind of fit in. Whereas it's like, you know, you hear a punk song and then they'll kind of, ease back the instrumentation a little bit and you realize that underneath it all it's like a, it's like literally boogie boogie piano riff is playing like almost like you hear like fucking in the, in the fucking muppet show um yeah there's a track there where it's just them joking and it's just basically just you know like old school back when you used to be pounding on the pounding on the lunchroom table this rap just just cheesy raps about fucking random shit in addition to like really important shit like it has my favorite bar of the year and i'm gonna read it out now <clears throat> Our era is a marketplace of contained demolitions, pleasant distractions under commercial supervision, and affordable suicide coping mechanisms. So I don't know how how much you could kind of encompass what 2020 was than this record. It's just angry, it's woke, and it's basically just pissed off at it all. And I, and I think that what's kind of fascinating is that they were able to kind of do this in like a 12-minute EP. Lord knows what will happen when. And I, and I think it'll happen because, you see, this was on... Um, Whose record label? Oh, there's a punk band that's relatively popular. They put this on their record label, so it got a little bit of a buzz. But I saw it pop up on a lot of like year-end lists. Even Pitchfork had it on their top ten rock, like that a rocky plate like list and made it on there, which is very surprising for a really underground hardcore punk band to kind of make it there. So it's gonna be fascinating to see because they're still relatively young when they get a real budget and some real time what they'll do because you're gonna have some classics. So yeah, props to them. Yeah, cool, cool. And my last pick uh, is a, it's probably a more un- unconventional pick for me because um, I want to be straight up. Like, I really don't enjoy kind of like traditional what they call white girl pop music, right? Your Britney Spears, your Christina Aguilera's, like whatever. Like, it's just not something I mess with. Um, but this last album, Rina Sawayama, uh, artist from the UK. Um, she basically took that kind of template of like of of pop music and kind of flipped it completely over <laughs> on his head. Basically, um, you know, she's a like a model, recording artist from the UK. She was born in Japan. Um, she has this weird kind of visa situation where either like she's not she's like a DACA dreamer or something like that. Like she's not official UK citizen. So like she has like problems like getting like like different resources and things that like that out, out there, um, which is really interesting. Um, but I think she has some really interesting um, takes on. Uh, it's basically a very woke album, but to the tune of pop music, right? So like she has like excess, which is kind of like uh, like it's supposed to kind of you say it like. Five times fast is supposed to be like Calabasas. It's <laughs> going at like, <laughs> and you know, it's like going after that, like straight at that whole kind of influencer culture, that kind of like wealth, like flaunting culture, things like that. Um, you know, like with some calmness, kind of like undertones, like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, she has a song called Shut the Fuck Up, which is very much about her being an Asian person. Uh, in the industry and she like she's basically taking like different uh words and phrases that that like basically white people were telling her and 
basically putting them in the out al- and like in the lyrics in the album like word for word right and kind of like it was very it's very kind of like a like a almost like 90s rock anthem uh, very kind of uh almost like a corn or something like that which is really interesting um and so you know and there's like there's other albums just about like her growing up and like you know um like like she, I guess she was like doing a lot of like unfortunately like self emulation like things like that like kind of getting deep into that, um, but it all sounds like a Britney pop pop record, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the juxtaposition of, of of those things makes it so great, right? Like it's like you're going to like listen to this, you're going to think it's a Britney album, you're going to look at me, you're going to see I'm Asian, you're going to think it's like K-pop or something, but I'm not going to be talking about like, you know, like like you know, fancy cars or like you know, love and lust and like things like that. I'm going to be talking about some communist shit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Like I, I, you know, like there's this whole meme about how she wrote the communist manifesto, like things like that. Like I just love the, the idea behind it. Um, I can't tell if it's intentional or not, or if it's just more in- organic. But um, and she, she can also sing too. Like I'm like she can do some runs. She can do some like Agu- Ar- like Christina Aguilera type runs. I was like, oh shit, like, she got a voice. Um, so yeah, I, I've seen it pop up on a few different albums. I, I think it's on the Pitchfork album of the year uh, list as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting album, uh, especially if you like the sound of pop music, but you don't like the content. I think it's just uh, it's you now have something a woke a woke pop album, which I I didn't think we we could have, but twenty twenty has graced us with a woke pop album, and I'm not I'm not not mad <laughs> yeah no, good 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 for her and uh, and i heard some stuff too it's interesting because i feel like there's a lot of young pop stars and not really it's almost like they they don't want to be pop stars but they love pop music and they're just fucking freaking it in fun weird ways basically so you know awesome for her yeah, yeah. definitely um but i think that's about it for us that is it we're about to like i said head down you know protect protect the freedoms you know what i'm saying get out here Chew tobacco, hop in our pickup, go out there and defend, defend our country away against them, them Trumpian hordes, them QAnon bros. You know what I'm saying? This is America. This is Bond's America. It's Obama's America. Go make sure it's safe and, for and, all of us. And the sad thing is, we we the ones that probably get shot. Oh, absolutely. Two seconds. Two seconds. We, we roll up there. They, they, if you're a rocket launcher, our Jeep would explode. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a Trump Jeep with flags and fucking AKs. And they'd be like, oh, they're, they're good. They're our people. Let them pass. They're harmless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but on that note, we love you. All of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Stay safe. Buckle up. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's a pandemic doesn't mean y'all could be underdressed. You know? Talk to your moms. You know? Talk to your parents out there. You know, we want, we want y'all to stay healthy away from COVID and also from colds. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the COVID out there. You know, it's, it's other things. Flus. Influenza. Uh... I don't know. Indigestion. Indigestion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> High blood pressures. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, even though we joke, y'all stay safe out there and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>